This is the Luke Thomas Show podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Today on the Luke Thomas Show podcast, we're going to hear from Khabib Nurmagomedov, who spoke out about all the controversy that's happening. Dana White is remaining defiant and marches on, but why? We'll talk about it. Plus, we have our fight bracket results for the Sweet 16. The Luke Thomas Show airs weekdays at 3 p.m. right here on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. And shoot us an email or a voicemail, Show at gmail.com. All right. Um, happy, let's see, Friday. Does it feel like a Friday to you? Right? Doesn't really feel like a Friday. Like, if I asked you what your big plans were for the weekend, what is it? You're going to take the dog for a walk and do a puzzle? That's literally my weekend. We literally bought a puzzle. We bought Uno. We bought some Legos, me and my fam. We're just going to do that. Like, I don't know what else you can do. Um, We've been watching movies and stuff. But I don't know. I don't feel like I'm getting enough fresh air. Sort of my issue. Like, I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing from like a social distancing standpoint. I just don't feel like I'm getting enough fresh air. Anyway. All right. Well, we'll talk about some of that stuff later with Quarantine Kelly. For the moment, though, we got this Nurmika Madoff audio, right? So we did a bunch of different stuff, took back to Instagram, spoke to Brett Okamoto. I'm not sure which is which here. Um, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what all this comes from. It's a mix of the two, I suppose. But in any event, let's sort of get to it, right? Why is he not taking this fight? Now, as I've demonstrated, or at least rather I should say argued, rather vociferously, I find the idea of blaming him completely insane, right? I mean, the guy tried to play ball for as long as he could. The idea that he should be competing in a global pandemic is ridiculous. The idea that he should be out there risking his health for to put on a show where he wouldn't just be risking his health. He could be risking his family's health. He could be risking other strangers' health. It's just not smart. I completely support him. And I think if you don't, you've got some serious questions about... Um, you know, to what extent you want to live in society. You know, it's amazing to me, right? Because you, you see a lot, like, I don't bash fighters in the sense that they want to compete to get money because most people, like, if you asked a waiter, do you want to go wait tables to get money? They would be like, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's a fairly obvious instinct, right? I don't think there's any issue there. It's when they start treading into, I think this whole thing's overblown. It's not that serious. It's like, no, here's the issue. It's uh, it's incredibly serious. You are entitled to financial relief in the form of a federal stimulus package, which we had indicated on, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday with Michelle Evermore. That is pinned to the top of my Twitter, at L. Thomas News. And in addition to that, you are entitled to various forms of, uh, well, entitled is a strong word, but I believe that the UFC should be compensating fighters, at least for their show money, for the time that fighters were scheduled and their bouts have fallen through. And you could say, Luke, where's that money going to come from? It's like, I don't know, man. Hasn't the UFC been saying? Like, the UFC always likes to brag about their success until it comes time for this sort of generosity. And I know they did it for the UFC London fighters. So I will dial back this argument completely if it ends up being true that they do this going forward. But a lot of times, they, they like to brag about their success. And then when it's time to pay more, they like to say that, well, that's all the money that we have. And, I, you know, I just don't believe it. Also, um, you know, I don't know if it's my place to say that Dana White should sacrifice his salary. I don't know if that's, I haven't thought that through, but what I can tell you is a lot of other industry leading executives are doing exactly that. And that would go a long way towards compensating a lot of people, both who work at UFC and potential fighters and some other ones as well. So something to consider there. 
Different conversation for a different time. First, let's get to Nurmagomedov. So, why did he not take the fight? Um, this is the, this is basically his best answer. You know, like I just explain people what's going on, what happened, why I am, why I am not in US, and you know, it's like why I have to be in US if fight is not happen in US. You know, like let's talk about like what happened beginning. Okay, they cancel show twenty eight March, right? It's supposed to be in uh, U.S. They cancel show April 18. It's supposed to be in U.S. Then I I ask UFC, hey, where are we going to fight? Where are we going to fight? Give me a location. You know, they told me 99% you're going to fight in Abu Dhabi, Middle East. Okay. I just try to go Abu Dhabi, Dubai, finish my training camp there, still there, fight and finish all this UFC 249. This is my plan. Right. So he's basically reiterating the kind of stuff that we had already already out there known. I know a lot of times you're seeing reports being like, well, the UFC didn't tell him that, or you know, UFC was upset that he had left, or whatever. I don't believe the leaks. Sorry, I don't believe them. I don't. I don't take those seriously. I mean, it's not to say that they're not true, but the amount of times I've seen bad information leaked that tried to make the UFC look good that ultimately ended up not being true is enough that I'm not going to accept those claims at face value. I'll just put it that way. Uh, he reiterates, by the way, it's not his fault. Like Matt Damon and Google This is Hunter. my dream fight. That's why I signed contract. That's why I fly from Dagestan to U.S., stay, stay there 40 days, training every day, every night, you know. And this, everything, what happened, everybody knows. I can't control this. Like I said before, hey, my name is Habib. I am not coronavirus. If coronavirus come to us, this is not my problem. Nobody can control this. I can't control this. Okay, people uh, still talking. I have to fly U.S. For what? For what flight fly, fly to U.S.? They don't have location. Why I have to fly to U.S.? Okay, why I cannot fly to Japan or Asia or Africa? Why I, I, can't, I can't fly to Europe? Why? Maybe they can make in Europe. Maybe they can make in Middle East. Maybe they can make in U.S. I don't know where I'm going to fight. Why I have to fly to U- uh, U.S.? For what? Right. Understand they don't have a location. And with each passing day, restrictions in the U.S. get stricter and stricter and stricter. Now, I don't know that Europe is on the other side of it, but they're a little bit further along than we are in this country in terms of its, uh, in terms of its outbreak. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, listen, he, he could fly back to the United States with that private jet or whatever. But his point is, is like, why, number one? And number two, if you don't have a location, where am I going? And then three, what if they end up moving it to Europe? Like, what's the point of going? Look, it's not, you know, to me, you could po- poke holes in that argument. But the point about that argument is it's really just tied to, you know, it's not safe to do it in a coronavirus outbreak. And that's, that's the beginning and the end of the conversation. Uh, he says, you know, not having a location is unprofessional. How could you disagree with that? Let me hear it. Every day I train, every day, morning and night. I have gym in, gym in my house, you know. Mm. But, you know, right now I am biggest, one of the biggest stars in UFC. I am undefeated, undisputed UFC lightweight champion. You know, this is not regular fight. You know, this is like 
How is like 16 days before fight and I don't know location? What is this? This is not professional. No, it's not. That is such a great point. That is such a great point. He is completely right. He is absolutely, totally right. Dude, you want the very best to fight each other? Then give them the very best conditions. Yes, of course, that never actually happens. You're talking about an ideal. This is so far away from what the ideal is. This is so far into what the F territory that everyone is right to be like, dude, maybe this is not the best time. If it's that, if it's as special as you say it is, then why are we doing it under these absurd conditions? Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, let's see. He has too much to do to agree to fight with no location. Let me hear what that means. I guess, does that mean training? What does that mean? This is not like, even like Tony Ferguson, like a couple days ago, he talked, hey, if I don't have location, I'm not going to sign contract. He said this. This is not my word. But nobody pay attention on this. You know, I don't understand. Like, hey, give me a, give me a location. I have to come. I have to fly. I have to jet lag, you know, like different climate. I have to cut weight. I have to focus. I have to finish my training camp. Like too many stuff, too much. Okay. Like right now, if they... If they give me location, if I can come out from Russia and I can go to in any countries like U.S., Abu Dhabi, doesn't matter. I'm going to fight 100%. 100% I'm going to fight. Just give me location. Every day I send Dana White message. Hey, where's my location? You know, it's like this is not my mistake. I'm not sure how you could argue with any of this. I really don't. Seems quite fair, utterly reasonable to me. He's just saying... And by the way, as he noted, nothing different than what Tony is saying. Absolutely the same. Utterly, utterly the same. Let's see if we can play a couple more of these here very quickly. We got so much audio, we'll play more a little bit later in the show. Um, he says he can understand why the fans are mad, but there's more to the story. Just takes a second. Here. I understand we'll people upset because this fight, this is like dream fight for fans. This is my dream fight. I lose money. I lose so much money. I lose I lose so much things. You know, nobody lose like I lose. Nobody. Like, I lose so much things. You know, hey, I want to fight. That's why I choose this fight. Because this is hard fight. Because this is legacy fight. Because this is, like, number one fight for fans. Biggest fight in UFC right now. You know, of course, I can choose easy fight with chicken. But I choose hard fight. You know, and everything to happen, I can't control this. I mean, I guess is he saying that they offered him a fight with McGregor? Is that what they're saying? Maybe that's what they're saying. I don't know. But yeah, look, he's out all that money. He doesn't get paid either. Of course, he's got greater wealth. But um, yeah, uh, let's let, let, let's see if we can uh, talk a little bit more about his travel issues. Uh, let's hear this one. We landed. We landed Dubai 8 p.m. But they told me uh, gate closed uh, eight hour ago. They gate closed. We tried to call like. Too much fun. Hey, we have to go in. We have to go. But nobody can go in. Nobody. Mm -hmm. And we stay in hotel inside the airport, Dubai. We stay in airport 23 hours. And then we fly to Moscow, Moscow, Dagestan. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like right now they, they close Moscow. Right now they, they close St. Petersburg. Right now they close. Like even like from my village, 15 minutes, like big city. They closed the city. I cannot go in because I'm not from this city. 
you know, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not leaving the city. You know, <laughs> I have to live, <laughs> like uh, stay in home in my village. Yeah, I mean, Russia is slowly tightening the screws on everything that's happening. Let's play one more of these about him not flying back to the states, and then we'll get to more of the Tony stuff. Um, this is why he ultimately said he didn't fly back. He kind of articulated this before, but just to reiterate. Why I have to go to back United States if they say 100% United States cannot make show? For what? Right. Right. For what? And when we go one day before, they shut down San Francisco too. Like Bay Area, they shut down. Everything they closed. Even we closed gym and like very small people we train, aka like police come, they say, hey, you guys cannot train there. You know, it's Mm. like, like, too many things like go crazy. And I ask, hey, where are we going to fight? One month before fight and I don't know, like, place. Where are we going to fight? And UFC mm-hmm. told me 99% we work on this. We, you guys going to fight in Middle East. Right. Here's the other part. The police are apparently coming to the gym to shut it down. And people want him to go back there and compete. Like, on what planet are they living on? Because it's not reality. It's just it's complete. This whole thing is completely insane. How many different ways do we need to see this being shown to know that maybe right now is not the best time to be doing this? Ferguson was like, he bailed, strip him, the whole nine yards. I mean, we've not even waited on the merits of that because I don't think that there are any. But in any event, what did Nurmagomedov have to say about all of it? Here's his reaction. Like my reaction is same, like in press conference. He's just a stupid guy. Okay, strip me if this is my mistake. <laughs> like last time, first April 2018, this it was his mistake. But right now, this is not Habib mistake. This is coronavirus. This is two different things. Mm-hmm. I am not coronavirus. Coronavirus is coronavirus. Habib is Habib. This is not same. This is like separate. This is different. You know, completely different. Uh, again, I, I don't know how you can disagree with the guy. He, he's making a good point. Right, this is fairly straightforward. It's it's not the guy who's undefeated against the very best lightweights of his generation that's afraid to fight. It's the global pandemic. I mean, it's the most Occam's razor situation you'll ever encounter. The simplest explanation is the is the likeliest. It's the it's the pandemic. It's nothing else but the pandemic. Very easy to understand. Uh, he goes on to say that there are people who need to make money so he understands if they want to move ahead. But every other sport can be closed. If they, if they want to make show, let's go. A lot of people want to fight because they don't have money. You know, mm-hmm. they don't have money. They have kids. They have family. They have, like, like so many things, you know. <clears throat> but, of course, I'm not going to say no. If they can, let's go. I know then I try, like, very hard. You know, mm-hmm. then, then I... You know, it's like right now we have very hard position. I understand. But NFL close, NHL close, like soccer, European Championship close, Olympic Games close, all tennis, ev- everything is close. Everything. People don't have watch like nothing, zero. And, you know, and uh, I understand you want to make show, UFC going to make money, pay per everything. But, hey. End of the day, like right now is like time, very hard time. Not only like maybe 
some people they have money they save like everything like most of the people they have very hard time right now yeah. i understand everything but okay i want to fight too people want to watch this fight this is dream fight let's go i'm gonna fight okay but don't tell me i have to fight nowhere yeah i mean Again, I, I understand the generosity of the spirit there. I, I want to be clear about this. There's this, like, I'm not saying Habib is doing this, but there's this effort to tie the idea that UFC 249 should not happen, and then also what that means is that there should be no financial relief for fighters. That's not the argument. That's not the argument. The argument is not that we should cancel or postpone UFC 249 and just stiff everybody. Part of the reason why I had Michelle Evermore from the National Employment Law Project on this week was to show fighters there is a way to get at least some kind of unemployment relief for independent contractors in a way that has never happened in the history of this country, number one. Number two, there are ways for the corporate benefactor here to come up off their pockets. It would require a degree of sacrifice, I, I get, but it's possible, and it needs to be done. You know, yes, in general, in, in ordinary circumstances, there's no denying that you would want folks to work to get their wage. I, it's the way the world is run, but the way the world is run right now is not the same. And we need a better system than just stiffing fighters and tell them to go F themselves. Um, oh, and, 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 and it, it's just a way to promote a dangerous operation. Oh, those folks... And the MMA media who want to take it away from you, they just want to take your paycheck. I do not want to take your paycheck. I want to preserve your health. And I want to make sure that there are other ways to get you financially compensated in the interim so we can get through this and that we can get back to normal. That's the argument. Don't let anyone tell you that folks who don't want UFC 249 to happen are folks who just want to take away people's money. I don't want to take away people's money. I want to help them. Now... Khabib says people are stupid. Let's hear that. This is a music to my ears. Let me hear this. It's loading. People like so stupid, you know. I see. Right now, saying. we right now we talk about like thousands, like thousands of people die. Like mm -hmm. now, I have to call for who? Then I have to call to Donald Trump. I have to call to Vladimir Putin. Please give me plan. Then I have to call Donald Trump. Please. Give me like permission, go in. It's like <laughs> too much crazy stuff. <laughs> you know, it's like movie. You know? Yeah, like he can just call up world leaders and get it done. I mean, yes, you can meet with world leaders. It doesn't mean they're going to take your call whenever you feel like it just for a professional, you know, obligation that is hardly necessary for society. Yeah, you know, totally understand him there. All right, so we got some other ones here. Let's keep a rocket if we can. Um, let me see if this we got some better ones. Will we see him fight again? Given there's considerations about Ramadan, here's what he says. Okay, let's talk about like Ramadan is gonna be finished. Maybe okay, let's like 25 May, June, July, two months, June, July, and August. I can fight August. August. And I think everything, if everything go down, maybe August. Because a lot of countries closed June too. They closed. They already closed. Like today, they closed all April. First, Russia closed to 5th April. Now, they closed all April. 
you know, I think it's going to be going like maybe May, maybe it's going to be like best things if May finish this, this virus. But maybe more. Like a lot of countries in Europe, they close June too, you know, but we don't know. Right now is like make plans. It's I think like this is no good for us. We have to focus on today, tomorrow, after tomorrow, these days. And, you know, I can fight April. I hear UFC want to make show in um, San Francisco. Yep. If not, let's fight in Abu Dhabi, April, uh, like middle of sept- uh, September. Yeah, I mean, he's right for the most part. Countries are going to be closed. Give him a couple of months after Ramadan to train, and he'll be back at it in August. I think by August we'll have a much better sense of getting ourselves out of this mess. I guess we'll see. Um, but, you know, trying to force things back before they're ready, not smart. All right, here's where he gets to Conor McGregor. I'm going to guess he has not nice things to say. Let's hear it. I know understand this guy talking about he's in good shape, but... When I smashed him last time, he said, my foot is blame or something like this. It was not my good shape. How he right now is good shape? How? How, how we can talk about shape? When I smashed his face, when he tapped, he said, it was my bad shape. I was without shape, blah, blah, blah. Now we talk about I am good shape. I can come in. Okay. Couple days ago, he sent message. Hey, people, please take care of family. Be safe, stay home. Government asked us stay home. Couple days ago. Now we talk about I'm good shape, blah blah blah. Someone had to fight, someone had to fly. Like I know this is like fate. For me it's fate. You know, I have to say he's got a point there. We were I, I was definitely praising Conor McGregor for his leadership on this. And then to come out and be like, Oh, I'm in shape, I can fight, you know, I can do this. Now he didn't say exactly that he would. Again, he kind of if you read the if you read what Connor wrote closely, it's not exactly clear what he meant by it. You could interpret it that he was ready to go and was willing to sign up then, or you could interpret it as I could, but I'm not going to. It, it actually cuts both ways. But I, I it, the fact that the language is even wishy washy to me is a bit of a walk back from Connor and highly disappointing. And and Khabib has a point. Um, he goes on to say uh, he just doesn't understand Tony. I really believe we're going to fight. Like, I really believe, I really want this. This is my dream fight. You know, I want to show people I am on different level. My ground game, my striking game, my timing, my wrestling, my top control, my spirit, my my fighting IQ. I am on different level. This, I, I like Tony, you know, like, like sometimes I like him, like, but I feel very bad for him because he's a little bit stupid guy. You know, he's stupid guy. I like, like his his fighting IQ, how he fight, very exciting. He's like, I like fighter, I respect him, but like person, like I don't understand his mind. He certainly is a difficult guy to grasp. All right, let's just finish this up if we can. And this is a shout out from Khabib to all the haters. I am the best lightweight in the world right now. I am undefeated and undisputed champion. I know these guys don't like hear this. Hey, remember, I am the undisputed and undefeated UFC lightweight champion. One of the greatest fighters of all time. I don't want to say great. One of the greatest fighters. Never lose fight. You know, and now people want to say something to me. I know why. Because 
they can't become success like I am. I talk about these fighters. These two, like, I don't want to say bad word, but when I'm going to be here, this guy's going to be always number two. Both of them. Mm-hmm. Strong words. Strong words. I think people are trying to bury Khabib. And I think if he comes back and does what I think a lot of us are presuming that he's capable of doing, there's going to be a lot of backtracking. Maybe not from the fighters, but you're you're going to watch the fan base swing on this one very, very quickly. They're going to go from one extremity to the other on this one. They're going to go from, Habib's a bitch, he can't fight, he ran, blah, blah, blah. And let's say he goes in there and does what, I'm not saying he will, but... Would it be surprising to you if he went in there and dominated Tony? It would not be surprising to me. And let's say he does it, and everyone is going to swing the other way. No one will own up to the fact that they were previously slandering the guy, but they will own up to the fact that, yeah, maybe, maybe, just maybe, he was doing this for a reason. And I don't want to wish bad on Tony, but there's a part of me that I will say that hopes that that outcome might come true, not to damage the career of Ferguson, but to show people that you can make a responsible decision without having to be attacked for schoolyard level analysis of game theory about why he didn't want to fight during a global pandemic. Oh, it's because he's scared and he didn't want to have to do it. Or because he was not in a professional situation to really be competing and he had better things to do with his time. Could that be the reason? Just me thinking out loud. WrestleMania 36 is finally here, and Busted Open has got you covered this Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern with our WrestleMania pre-show. Dave LaGreca and WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray will get you ready for the biggest pro wrestling event of the year from returning legends. NXT challengers who will come out on top. It's Busted Open's WrestleMania 36 pre-show only on Sirius XM Fight Nation channel 156. All right, we are back. Luke Thomas show. Luke Thomas show at gmail.com. As always, that's the place to get those emails in. And we want to hear from you. We want to hear your, your dulcet tones. We want to hear your voice. So record yourself making a comment, asking a question, that kind of a thing and send it over. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, let's get to this. So Dana White remains steadfast about this whole thing, huh? Surprise, surprise. I'm sure. I'm sure this comes as a great shock to everyone who has been paying attention to this scenario. So yesterday, you guys know the news. Or, I mean, I think it even happened two days ago, but we reacted to it mostly yesterday. UFC lightweight champion Nurmagomedov, Habib Nurmagomedov, basically decides that he's not going to go fight because there's too many logistical challenges. There's a global pandemic. It's just not it's just not going to happen for him. Maybe at a later date, but not right now. And in previous interviews before that was made official, Dana White had said something to the effect of, you know, every new I think it was on like the like the heavyweight fighting podcast or whatever the one he had done the the most recently. And in that, he had indicated, you know, every day we try to do this, we end up with some kind of new reality, right? This venue's closed, that country's border's closed. And he had indicated on that particular podcast that, well, now we know that Nurmagomedov is in Russia and their borders are closed, so, you know, we'll see what happens with that. It's just another new challenge. He did not indicate that that meant that the fight was off. In fact, he said sort of UFC 249 rolls on. 
He had indicated it was a hurdle, but at that time, he had not indicated that the fight was off. Still, now we know that UFC 249 uh, has lost its original main event, one of the most important fights in history. This uh, lightweight title fight between Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson. Um, so Kevin Ioli of Yahoo Sports reaches out to Dana White to see like where he's at on this. Um, this is what he says, quote, but Nurmagomedov and his post where he talked about, you know, the quarantine and everything did not sway White, who remained at his Las Vegas home working feverishly on putting the fight together, asked for a reaction to Nurmagomedov's post. White said via text message, everyone knew he's not fighting. <laughs> Hold on, let me get some of this water here. Did they? Did they know he was not fighting? Because I didn't see an official announcement from the UFC. Did, did anybody else? I, I hadn't heard that. I mean, we had all kind of presumed that might have been checkmate, but, you know, you can make a lot of presumptions in the business and be totally wrong. A presumption is just that. A presumption. You can have good ones, you can have bad ones, but it doesn't. There's no, there's no truth value assigned to it. It's just a presumption. They didn't make any formal announcement. They, to my to my knowledge, they've still not made one. Although I guess that's sort of a confirmation at this point that everyone knew he wasn't fighting. I don't. I don't think that they did. In fact, once it became news that the UFC was looking at Ferguson versus Gaethje, that's when you begin to see the tide turn a little bit for public support. Of course, there are still some people who wish for the fight and the event to go forward, but there's also, I would say, just as much, maybe even more, and it's anecdotal, it's hard to know, but there's at least some indication that um, now that they've lost the that crown jewel of a fight that and they're going to move on a different direction, there are people who just don't want it to go forward. Uh, the idea that everyone knew he was not fighting, um, just simply not accurate. Now, apparently he also said, asked, this is, this is Ioli writing, asked if he'd come up with a new main event. He said, uh, or location, he goes, I'm not telling the media anything about the details of this fight. But if you ask Ferguson and you ask Nurmagomedov, part of the reason why we're in the predicament that we're in is that even they don't know where this fight is supposed to take place. Like, Nurmagomedov flat out said in the last segment that I played, one of the reasons why he doesn't want to fly back to the U.S. is he's like, fly back to where? <laughs> New York? Fort Lauderdale? Dallas? Knoxville? Indianapolis? San Francisco? Wyoming? Where am I flying to exactly? No one even knows. And, you know, we're, we're this many days away from the fight. What is it, the third today? So we're 15 days away from the fight, two weeks and a little bit of change. And even these guys don't know where the fight is going to be? What do you mean fly? Fly where? Right? It is amazing to me that we are here where we are. Now, again, I'm going to reiterate this. I'm not declaring to you that the fight that I know for a fact, I should say, that the fight won't happen. My major belief is that there are going to be enough constraints here that are just going to make this kind of impossible by the time we're two weeks. I mean, two weeks from now, you know, the, the, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to this, the COVID uh, modeling and the models are only as good as the input and assumptions that go into them. But 
the modeling has been that when we reach the peak death toll per day in this country, as it relates to COVID-19, you're talking 2,500 Americans a day. Okay, that's, that's supposed to be the peak. That's going to hit right around that time. And by the way, we're probably already at 10% plus unemployment, right? I mean, we're talking an extraordinary amount of people out of work. You know, the idea that you can have a pay-per-view and that it can go forward and that you even should, I, I just don't believe that those are going to be obstacles that anyone's going to be able to overcome, nor should they try. doesn't mean that they won't, but it's, it's my belief that it, I think the most probable outcome is that we won't get there. You kind of have to ask yourself, man. It's like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Aren't there two possibilities here about why this is happening? Maybe. I mean, maybe there's more. But it seems to me like there's likely two. One is that there must be some kind of pressure on the Ultimate Fighting Championship to go forward. That is so significant that they're willing to do what they're doing now. Which seems totally out of step with the rest of the world totally out of step with the rest of the sports world in particular, right? Where the Premier League announced today, they don't even know when they're coming back. Um, there's, there's growing and mounting pressure on the NFL to delay the draft until late May, late July, June even. Um, there must be some kind of significant pressure on them to make them do this. Now, the belief has been, or at least some, there appears to be, I should say, some evidence to indicate it might be pressure from Endeavor. No one knows for sure, but that Endeavor, having spent so much money to acquire the Ultimate Fighting Championship, having these massive layoffs and furloughs, having the failed IPO and then the dividends paid out and everything else, that there must be some kind of financial constraint being put on the company such that they need the UFC to go forward. But it's like, again, number one, are you going to be able to? just to like logistically pull it off. Number two, you've already lost your main star. Like the main star in this whole equation is Khabib. The star power quotient at UFC 249 has now dropped off substantially. And you could say there's no other competition in sports. There wasn't for UFC Brasilia either. I recognize UFC Brasilia is not Tony Ferguson versus potentially Justin Gaethje. But the idea that either of those guys are proven pay-per-view draws is simply not true. It's not true. So now you've, you've dramatically lost whatever you were going to get on revenue, potentially. Then in two weeks, if there isn't a additional stimulus by the United States Congress, you're going to have, and I'm not exaggerating, you already do, you're going to have, you know, potentially tens of millions of people out of work. The worst possible climate to ask for $70 from people. The worst and they're going to go forward with it. So like you have to ask yourself, dude, what has to be happening inside someone's mind and in their world for them to think that's a good idea and a doable idea? One theory is there is just significant financial pressure on them to do this uh, because of Endeavor's woes. Could be one. Every time Dana has spoken about the coronavirus, he has done so. We, we, we've gone over all of it. He has done so in a scientifically illiterate way. None of us are experts, but there is literacy about certain subjects. And he has not seemed to display an understanding of the seriousness of it or how it is transmitted, likening it to cancer. It just doesn't appear to be in tune or lockstep with uh, what infectious disease experts are cautioning. 
So maybe this is an entire worldview based on the idea that he understands this global pandemic in ways better than everybody else. Maybe, maybe that's it. I don't, you know, again, I do not know. I can only guess, but there has to be something significantly off. There has to be some, some part of this operation has to be going wrong for them to be where they are with all the losses they've taken in terms of trying to get the A plus product out. Remember the biggest, baddest card. I mean, that's already gone, right? You don't have, you don't have a location. You don't have Khabib. Like the biggest, baddest card part is already over. Something has to be profoundly broken in this process for them to be where they are and saying the things that they're saying. It just doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. And I don't wish for fighters to not get paid. Lots of ways they could. We did a whole segment with Michelle Evermore of the uh, National Employment Law Project about financial relief they're entitled to with the initial stimulus package. Uh, You've seen executives and players and various sports entities cut their salaries to pay everyone. Um, Executive leadership could do that, the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Uh, And they could potentially pay with whatever financial resources that they have existing, at least partially, some kind of stipend to help. Lots of ways we could do this, right? That that's not even on the table. And remember, it's not just about UFC 249. Because the whole idea was, after that, we're just going to keep rolling. Like, after that, this all just keeps on going. How? (laughs) How? How? I just don't, it doesn't make any sense. It's not, it's not in keeping with what is happening in the real world around us. So, you know, why is he saying the things he's saying? Your guess is as good as mine. But all I know is what's driving that, something is off. Clearly something is off. You can't justify it as a reasonable business decision in this particular climate. There's a reason why they're the only ones doing it. And if you think it's because everywhere you go, you're the smartest guy in the room, that's going to catch up with you pretty quickly. There are plenty of incredibly intelligent people involved in the hierarchies of sports organizations and leagues around the world who do not see this as a reasonable solution, even when they have situations like bowling or tennis, by the way, tennis is now off, um, where you have this sort of socially distant kind of operation. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. And there's a bad signal about it, and who can pay for it? It's just a lot. So your guess is as good as mine about why they're doing it, but they are trying. God bless them, they are trying. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barack Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. All right, we are back. Now, this is something we've been building towards for a while. First, though, LukeThomasShow at gmail.com. LukeThomasShow at gmail.com. Watch your voicemails and everything else for the mailbag and every other day, donks. LukeThomasShow at gmail.com. Okay, let's bring to uh, the microphone our intrepid producer. It's Cobb. He's in the bowels of New Jersey. Cobb, how are you? 
I'm doing just fine. Luke, how are you, sir? I am all right. So let's get to it there, Mr. Cobb. It is time to do what? We're going to reveal the round of 16 for the Ultimate Fight Movie Bracket Challenge. Is that right? The round of 32. No, but we've done the round of 32. We're going to reveal the round of 16, are we not? Oh, yes. We, we're going to reveal the winners of the, of the round of 32. Yes. yes. We're going to uh, show you guys who has moved on. So let's get right to it, man. Uh, our first bracket, our first matchups, we had Rocky Four versus The Last Dragon. Oh, hold on. Before you give the answer, let me see if I can predict. Okay. So Rocky Four versus Last Dragon. I'm going to say Rocky Four. Uh, you are correct, sir. I actually thought it was going to steamroll a bit more than it did. It still steamrolls, but Rocky Four got 73% of the vote. Last Dragon got 23% of the vote. All right, so there's the first. I'm going to make a list here. So while you do this, I'm going to make a list. So the first one we have, Rocky Four, is our in our Sweet 16. Is that right? Correct, sir. Should be a surprise to no one. All right, let's uh, go on. In our, in our second matchup, and just a reminder, these were the first two matchups we put up of this entire tournament. We had Vision Quest versus Digstown. I'm going to say Vision Quest. That's what I would have thought, too. But in our first two matchups, we had our very first upset. Because no with, way. With narrowly limping away with 51% of the vote. <laughs> Digstown somehow beat out Vision Quest. I did not see that one coming. That's a troll by the audience. I don't believe that for two seconds, but okay. <laughs> That's the only way I can explain it to you because I was shocked when I saw Dickstown move that. That is hilarious. Okay, let's keep it rolling. All right, so then we got uh, our next one was the Karate Kid versus Creed. A little old school versus new school. That's a tighter one. I'm still going to say Karate Kid. And you are correct again, Luke. Karate wow. Kid moved on with 72% of the vote. Creed ah, smash. Not that. Not that was. That's a, that's a Reagan versus Mondale landslide right there. Okay, very good. Yeah, pretty much. So they were going to face the winner of another interesting matchup. Big Trouble in Little China versus Cinderella Man. See, now this is where it gets interesting because there's no way anyone in their right mind should vote for anything other than Big Trouble in Little China, but that doesn't mean they did. Hit me, hit me with the news. With 57% of the vote. Ooh. Big Trouble in Little China. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that is so great. Because that's, that's a tough opening seating. That's a six versus a seven or whatever the hell they are, or whatever the the thing is. Uh, Big Trouble in Little Okay, so I'm making So our first four, Rocky Four, Digstown, Karate Kid, Big Trouble in Little Channel. That's our eastern bracket right there, Cobb. Correct, sir. So uh, we move on to the next half of the left half of the bracket. Uh, we had Rocky Two versus The Quest. Uh, I'm going to say Rocky another, Two won that one. Yeah, another steamroll for the Rocky films. 92% of the vote versus... Uh, the quest 8%. Okay, very good. Uh, then we had another one, uh, Warrior, your, your all-time favorite movie. Overrated POS, yes. but okay. <laughs> Versus Jet Li's Fearless. I suspect Warrior won that because MMA fans have terrible taste in cinema. <laughs> and your assumption is correct. Warrior won with 72% <laughs> of the vote. It's actually lower than I thought it'd be. I thought it'd be like 99 to 1. Yeah, you know, I thought it would be a little bit like that, too. Jet Li's Fearless got 28%. Apparently some people have seen it and uh, do respect some cinema. That's that's that Digstown uh, vote right there. So, yeah, you'll have... Yeah, so Warrior moves on. So we move on to the matchups we put up yesterday, which uh, voting completed this morning. We had our interesting one, The Night Comes for Us versus The Fighter. 
Oh, that's a tough one. You know, you guys know my preference. I am very much hoping that the night comes for us wins, but I can understand a vote for the fighter. So this is one I can't get mad at, but I've got my own preference. Give me the results. Well, uh, our biggest worry, I think, came true on this one as, as far as if, how many people have actually seen The Night Comes for Us. It was kind of just a Netflix release, and The Fighter was a Academy Award-winning movie with several actors winning. Uh, the Fighter steamrolled 82% of the vote. Are you shitting me? Are you shitting me? 82%, my friend. <sighs> Fuck these fans. <laughs> yeah, no love for uh, The Night Comes for Us. But they, ra- you know what? Racism. Racism yeah. is what I'm going to say. So I'm claiming too. Uh, that leads us to our last matchup on the left side of the bracket: Bloodsport versus Here Comes the Boom. Got to be Bloodsport, right? Tell me they're not trolling that much. With 51 percent of the vote. Are you kidding? Yeah, I am. Bloodsport moved on 82 percent. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So in the next bracket, we have we'll call this the Western bracket. Rocky Two, Warrior, The Fighter, and Bloodsport. I cannot believe they picked that over the night comes for us, but okay. All right, whatever. Next. All right. We move on to our right side of the bracket. We began with Rocky Three versus Fighting, starring Channing Tatum. I'm going to guess Rocky Three is our number one seed here. With 91% of the vote. Yes. <laughs> okay, very good. Our biggest, dr- our biggest drubbing, I think, of all these. Uh, always matchups dude is there a uh, is there a franchise in sports movies as good as the rocky or the rocky series anyway no i mean there's nothing even close to it even their bad ones are watchable you know? right like right I'll still, I'll still watch rocky five i'll still watch rocky balboa i can watch both of those with no problem i would even say in terms of like ser- cinema series like for example what's a better series the Terminator series or the Rocky series? The answer is Rocky. Like Terminator 2, I think, is, you know, obviously Rocky 1 is a great movie, but Terminator 2 might be, I, I like more. But, you know, there's better movies overall, like Terminator Genesis and, you know, Terminator 3 and all Dark Fate and all that shit. I saw, they're all terrible movies. There's some bad Rocky ones, but not nearly as much. I think the only one that even comes close might be the uh, Christopher Nolan Batman series. But that's only three movies, and he tapped out, you know? Yeah, exactly. He kept it short. Okay, next. Uh, so they will be facing the winner of Roadhouse Ooh. versus Bleed for This. Now, this one I'm going to say I don't know. I'm going to guess there's going to be a Bleed for This bias because of its recency. But I'd be curious. Let me see the results. Uh, you'd be incorrect because the wow. classic destroyed with 81% of the vote. Wow. Disrespect to Vinny Pazienza. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Okay. That's amazing. I would not have expected that. Next. Here we came actually to two very interesting matchups. Again, it was kind of an old school versus new school feel for both of these. We had Enter the Dragon versus Southpaw starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. I can only imagine Enter the Dragon slayed that. It did with 77% of the vote. Okay. Fair. I mean, even that is a little too close, but okay. Next. They were facing the winner of Raging Bull versus The Raid. Man, that is one of the toughest matchups ever because Raging Bull is amazing, but the action in The Raid is incredible. So, because, well, that's, see, this is the inverse. Well, you know what? I'm going to say Raging Bull wins, even though it's older. It's got bigger names than the raid. So is my assessment correct? Your assessment is correct. It looks like the raid fell to wow. the same fate uh, 
Hit the Night Comes First did. Did it slightly better. Raging Bull got 71% of the vote. The Raid got 29%. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad at all at Raging Bull moving on. It is a better movie by any stretch of the imagination. But the disrespect, Cobb, for our Indonesian brothers and sisters making martial arts movies today is sickening. Racism, I call. Racism. <laughs> a lot of racialists out there. Well, racialists. Uh, so that brings us to the lower half of the right side of the bracket. Okay. We started off with Rocky versus Never Back Down. Okay, I mean, this is fairly obvious. Rocky should win. Please tell me our audience didn't troll us. With 90% of the vote, Rocky moved on. Okay, very good. Next. Now, this one ended up being, just as an overseer, the most interesting matchup, and we thought it would be. We had Rumble in the Bronx versus Ali. Again, one of these movies where what's better, the action or the movie? Um... And Ali is a significantly better movie. Rumble the Bronx, significantly better fight scenes. Also, Jackie Chan, pretty popular for the modern era of fight fans and moviegoers, I would say, generally. I'm going to say the answer is Rumble in the Bronx because I got a feeling that a movie about a about Muhammad Ali, about a black athlete who became Muslim, won't be as appealing to our audience as Jackie Chan doing all kinds of his own stunts. Is my... Is my assessment correct? Well, let me tell you about this one, Luke, because I was watching this one all day. It was the most spirited voting we had. Uh, when it started, Ali got off to a huge lead. It was like 70% of the vote. I looked a little bit later, uh, Rumble in the Bronx had closed a little bit. So it was up to like maybe 40% to 60%. Uh, I looked again a little bit later, it was at 50-50. Whoa. Looked again that night before I went to sleep, uh, Ali pushed back to like 51% versus 49 in the morning, it was 50-50 again. And when it finally closed and the dust settled, moving ahead with 52% of the vote, Rumble in the Bronx. Wow. <laughs> wow. Do you see, I felt very good about entering that, you know, and it had to prove its worth, Cobb. Had to prove its worth, but I think it did. I am very happy to hear that. You know, nothing against Ali. I like the movie, but um, Rumble of the Bronx is such an awesome movie. So I'm happy that. Applaud, man. Yeah. And you know what? I'm happy that we have an entrant that's not a great movie, but it's a great action martial arts movie with stunts and everything. I'm glad that we have some of that represented here. If they're going to get rid of the night comes for us in the raid, you got to give me Rumble in the Bronx. So happy to see that in there. And we come to our last two matchups. So we had Fight Club versus the Karate Kid 2. Your jam. Listen, I know I'm going to lose this. I know I'm going to lose this, but I want to say to everyone who didn't vote for the Karate Kid 2, I hope your pubic hair turns to fish hooks. So give me the bad news. <laughs> well, the bad news is you were correct. Fight Club did move on. It was a little bit closer than I thought it would have been. It's 69% to 31%. I thought yeah. Fight Club would just steamroll with 80 percent of the vote listen you know i'm a sanders guy if he can't beat biden he doesn't deserve to move on but you can't tell me that sleepy joe's not senile (laughs) (laughs) and our very last matchup we had kickboxer versus our only female driven driven lead in million dollar baby you know I, i i think didn't we both go million dollar baby we both said, yeah, Million Dollar Baby. Should I, don't, I doubt our audience agreed. The, uh, our audience is probably misogynistic as shit. So what happened there? Well, that's, that was apparently a hot take by us trying to push this movie forward. But Kickboxer 
did move on with yeah, 72% of, of the vote. So they, when, you, when you move kickboxer ahead of Million Dollar Baby, that's you voting yourself off the island of people whose opinions you'd listen to on movies forever. You are just voting yourself off. Just want to be clear about that. Okay, so this is the round of 16. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make up names to the brackets. In the eastern bracket, Rocky Four, Digstown, Karate Kid, Big Trouble, and Little China. In the western bracket, Rocky Two, Warrior, The Fighter, and Bloodsport. In the northern bracket, Rocky Three, Roadhouse, Enter the Dragon, Raging Bull. In the, let's say, southern bracket, Rocky, Rumble in the Bronx, Fight Club, Kickboxer. Cobb, looking at these four brackets... Which is the toughest? What's what's you know in in in, um, in the World Cup whenever they announce the matchups, they always say one of the groups is the group of death. What's the group of death here? What's the one where you've got the Brazils and the Argentinas and the Germanys and that kind of thing in there? See, this is tough actually for me to really say because we have some cult classics that moved ahead versus some old standards. I have to say, I think the toughest bracket between everything, because I think it has a little bit of everything, is maybe, I guess, our northern bracket with Rocky Three, Roadhouse, Enter the Dragon, and Raging Bull. I would agree. I mean, dude, Enter the Dragon versus Raging Bull, that is an epic matchup. That is an epic, epic matchup. Now, Roadhouse and Rocky Three a little bit different, but then Rocky Three has to face off with either Enter the Dragon or Raging Bull. That is crazy. That is crazy. Now, if you look at the other one, Rocky Four versus Digstown, Probably Rocky Four will advance. Karate Kid versus Big Trouble Little China. That's a bit of a toss up. What's your what's your mood on that one? I don't know. That one's fifty. I wouldn't be surprised if that one ends up fifty one percent versus forty nine because yeah. those are two cult classics. Warrior has a chance of an upset at Rocky Two because MMA fans have terrible taste in cinema. But I think Bloodsport's mm-hmm. going to beat the Fighter, and Bloodsport probably beats any of those other ones. And then Rocky versus Rumble in the Bronx. I, I suspect Rocky is going to win out just by against anything. And then Fight Club versus Kickboxer. You know, I don't. One of those it doesn't matter because neither of those are going to beat Rocky. So you know what I mean? Like you kind of know yeah. what, what's going to win there. You're right. That Rocky Three Roadhouse and the Dragon Raging Bull. That's your group. I'm going to call that the group of death. Okay. Um, all right. So yeah. we have not we have not announced the way we're going to vote on these. We're going to keep that up on Instagram, but perhaps a bit of a different way. We'll explain everything on on probably Monday's show. So. Keep following us on Instagram, SiriusXM Fight Nation. That's the best place. That's the only place to be. Uh, and uh, we'll get make sure you're hooked up on that. All right, Cobb. Great work on this. But the, but the task is not done, good sir. We still have more work to do on this. But we have our sweet 16. You know what? I don't agree with all the choices, Cobb. I'm going to give this, though, this lineup. I'm going to give it a B plus, A minus. How you feel? I, I like the choices that we have. It's about right. Most of it went the way we thought it would. There's a couple of surprises in there, but I think they're for the most part they're good surprises. Right, exactly. Vision Quest getting beat. I can't believe that one still. Yeah, yeah. But didn't you say Vision Quest kind of sucked? It does, but it's it's so beloved (laughs) that I thought it might push forward on that alone. I'm also I'm surprised because I've actually never seen Digstown. I I didn't even know it existed until a caller brought it up to us. So I'm surprised it moved on. We got to watch it now. So there you go. I guess so. Uh, Cobb, have a great weekend, sir. Take care of yourself and don't go get the Rona, okay? Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks for listening. Catch the Luke Thomas Show live and in its entirety weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. On Twitter, follow at LThomasNews and the channel at MMA on Sirius XM.